Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we don't care if Turkey Day hasn't happened yet. We're already listening to the All Toy Day music radio station. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including the reveal of a brand new The World Ends With You game. And then on Thursday, we're going to be talking about what we have been thankful for from Nintendo this year. But in the meantime, Mark, how's it going? It's going great. I can't believe that the Toy Day decorations are already going up. I don't know about you, Patrick. Uh, well, I mean, at, at some point... Uh, last week, Sarah uh, came out of the bedroom and said, I ordered some Christmas stuff. So she, toy day stuff. Sorry, I don't mean to uh, <laughs> spoil, spoil the ruse. Um, but yeah, so we, we've, uh, we've put up some, like, um, some decorations already. We've got some extra lights. Um, I, we're not, not to say that we are going all out, but to the extent that we are going out at all, we are, uh, we, we are doing it. We are engaging in Christmas already. I mean, uh, longtime listeners of the show will know that I am like all in on Christmas and holiday music. So I was 100% being facetious. I feel like if there's any year to go out on, all out on holiday cheer, this is a great one to do it. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, 100%. Let's, look, let's embrace joy wherever we can find it. Um, and if that means that it has to be Christmas a little bit longer than usual, that's fine. I feel like it was uh, Halloween longer than usual, right? <laughs> I think Halloween is just slowly becoming, like, endless. <laughs> That's true. We're sort of still in Halloween right now, <laughs> <Yeah>. I think. <laughs> um, speaking of things that are virtually endless, how would you like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces? You can, or at least you can try, um, by getting on the list by emailing us at NintendoCartridgeSociety at, at gmail.com. Gmail and giving us a mailing address where we can send you my copy of Sonic Forces. Be forewarned, you may accidentally get my copy of Untitled Goose Game, you will not be warned which one you are going to get. Uh, it is intended to be sort of a prank. I'm sorry if you want to borrow Untitled Goose Game. You may not request it. Uh, this is a real <laughs> luck, of, luck of the draw situation here. In fact, I would say that requesting Untitled Goose Game is really like a guarantee that you will not get it. Uh, well, I won't even go that far. Uh, this is all up to the fates. Um, you get the game you get. <laughs> But you are the fates. Do you know what? I'm not going to question it. The program is perfect. <laughs> I put faith in the program. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we also had some new Apple Podcast reviews. I wanted to shout out. Thank you to Flamejoy and to Skill Ganon for leaving us five-star podcast reviews on the U.S. Apple Podcast Store. And thank you, of course, to everybody who's left us a review. Uh, no matter where you do it, it's just Apple Podcasts is the place I check. <laughs> That's right. Um, and we appreciate it. It, it, uh, it helps other people discover the show. So uh, thank you to all of you who have already done it. And a, a special thank you to the person who's thinking about doing it right now and is actually going to follow through on it. Thank you to that person. <laughs> um, Mark, we've got some emails that we need to uh, address here. We got an email from Lizzie, and I, w we were a little bit worried that maybe uh, we'd be giving away a surprise here, but it's, uh, you know, 
So, sorry, Lizzie, you sent in the question. We're going to answer it on the show. Well, I guess, um, I guess we, I guess we can mm. say that, like, if you are Lizzie's yes. boyfriend, stop listening. Right, or just check in with Lizzie because maybe it's not even supposed to be a surprise. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Right? That's we don't a good know. Point. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the email reads: Hi, Patrick and Mark. Uh, I've never been great at giving gifts, so I'm hoping you can give me some advice for this Christmas present dilemma I have found myself in. I'm getting my boyfriend a Nintendo Switch Lite for Christmas, but I can't think of what game I should get him with it. He loves to play Breath of the Wild on my Switch, but I know he wouldn't want to start all over with his own copy of the game. Do you have any recommendations for what to get, especially for a device that is handheld only and doesn't have the TV capability? Uh, to give you an idea of what he likes, he loves Mortal Kombat and is currently really into No Man's Sky and has been a big Zelda fan. Majora's Mask is his favorite. Thanks in advance, Lizzie. Uh, Lizzie, great questions, uh, and I love the specific parameters of what are we playing on a handheld and what are we getting for this guy who likes Zelda but does not want to start all over um, with Breath of the Wild. Um, Mark, my, my first, the, 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 the very first thing this said to me was Link's Awakening, baby. Yes, um, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. I know that it's kind of a, a little bit of a boring answer, but sometimes those are the best answers. Additionally, I think, it's, I think it's on sale right now in a bunch of places for uh, Black Friday for like 40 bucks, just 20 bucks off the usual price. That's, uh, yeah, to me, that, that's a no-brainer. Um, I, I think an, another no-brainer here is uh, Dragon Quest Builders, either one or two. Um, two but uh, two, two is the more polished experience um, and has a very, like, wide-open, uh, you know, build it up and make of it what you will sort of uh, experience to it. Uh, not quite like No Man's Sky, but, like, it feels of a similar, um, a, a similar vein, right, of just having an, an enormous world to explore. Uh, but it's also, like, a, a proper RPG, a proper, like, action RPG, so, like, um you know you don't have to worry about it being too open-ended um uh, so i i would i would say that's that's a, a solid recommendation and then also uh you know that mario plus rabbits kingdom battle um we we uh always try to steer back to that one whenever we can um is a great tactics uh style um game with mario and the rabbits for some reason it totally works and is super fun to play yeah do you know what i will also throw out there if you don't already have like a nintendo switch online account um or you don't have like the family one like i i think that's a pretty good investment um you get a lot of like the the nes games online the super nintendo games online um and plus like uh mario super mario 35 tetris 99 um so i think for the 20 or so dollars that that is that that is a worthwhile addition to any switch library yeah, and twenty bucks gets you a whole year of it, which uh, is uh, the the cheapest that you can get any uh, like online console service. So, um, yeah, I, I, th- those are those are good examples. Are are there any other examples of just like games that you would think uh, w- would fit well here, Mark? Mm. Or did I take them all? <laughs> Your suggestions were really good. I'm going through my roll of, like I'm trying to think of the indie games that I bought that i would definitely recommend i mean i uh, i think this is not a new game but like the shovel knight treasure trove um yeah would be an excellent uh, an excellent addition and then also of course hard to pass up snake pass right uh, come on mark <laughs> knock it off <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I know, but like you know, obviously uh, there there are a ton of great indie games. Um, one that is uh still super hot right now is of course Hades. Um, uh, that game rules. I can't stop playing it. Um, like I I uh, am now playing it to the detriment of other games uh, mm-hmm. that I know I want to play. Um, and we'll talk more about that when we get into what we've been playing. But uh, that that that's a that's a bunch of suggestions. From us, Mark, we have another uh, email here from Dominic. Dominic writes in and says, Hello, I am a new listener and have been cherry picking through episodes. I don't remember when or what episodes you guys made a comment about playing Donkey Kong 3 for the podcast, and I've been looking for the episode with no avail. I grew up on the Donkey Kong 3 cabinet in my garage and was the only game system I had until I was about 10 or 12 years old. I'm currently 25. So I've always thought of it as an amazing game, but in the research, you hold that same opinion. Thanks, Dominic. Uh, this is amazing. Yeah, Dominic, I would love to know the uh, like why you had a like what's the story of for having a Donkey Kong Three ca- arcade cabinet in your garage? Yeah. That's awesome. And and like he's twenty five now, right? Which means we're born in uh nineteen ninety five. Um, so like up in from 1995 to 2005, just having the Donkey Kong three cap. I mean, first of all, this is a good lesson in like, everyone has a different experience with, it doesn't matter what year they were born. <laughs> like anyone can have a different experience with what games are in their house. Um, and I, I, I love the idea that, uh, you, you had a Donkey Kong three cabinet to answer the question directly. We didn't do a full episode about it. Um, but there was a month or so where we were running a contest to see, who could get the highest score in Donkey Kong 3. Um, I don't recall. Uh, I think Lizzie, Lizzie got from our previous email, uh, had had the highest score, totally uh, mopped the floor with us. Um, and Mark, you sent her a pair of socks, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Um, um, but Dominic, if, if you want to send in your score, we can compare it against Lizzie's. Um, and we'll <laughs> see. I, I'm, I'm not promising another pair of socks, but like maybe, maybe if it's higher than Lizzie's. Um, yeah, I... And Dominic, I if you, our opinion of the game is not was not super high, so, uh, yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> but I I also don't I I don't think our opinion of it is uh more negative than the sort of mean that you find on 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 the internet. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, I I think both both you and I uh you know expect a little bit more um like sort of platforming and like puzzly platforming stuff in our Donkey Kong games and Donkey Kong three is, you know, a, a shooter. Um, but I, I'd, I'd love to hear the perspective of someone who really likes that game and like really wants to go to the mat for it. So Dominic, here's another way to get yourself a pair of socks, uh, defend Donkey Kong three to us. Uh, I, I would happily read, a, a a missive of someone who grew up with the game and absolutely loved it. Yeah, totally. And include your address. Cause if you send that, I will a hundred percent send you a pair of Donkey Kong socks. Um, wow! Put Mark on the spot. He's, he's agreeing <laughs> to deliver in socks. It's the least I can do for somebody who loves Donkey Kong Three, uh, yeah, and also right. you know for whatever we feel about the game itself, we definitely have a soft spot. Uh, if you call it that, for Stanley the Bugman, because love, um, Stanley love the to Bug bring Man. him up. Yep. Yeah, Stanley the Bugman for Smash. Uh, I I always Mark. I always say this. You yes, that is uh, true. <laughs> All right, let's get into what we've been playing this week. So, of course, last week, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity came out, 
I don't really have anything exciting to say about it because I haven't played super far into it. Um, I am in. I'm enjoying it. I'm definitely. Uh, I got this game like really excited because I was super excited for, for more of being in the world of Breath of the Wild. Yeah, and I am definitely getting that. There are times where I run up against like the wall of Muso games where I'm just like, I don't really want to do this mission or like, I don't really want to yeah. do this mission again, especially. Um, but the, all the trappings of the world are enough to keep me invested, at least right now. Um, I, re- I remember that when you started, uh, when you played the demo, you had it set on the easy difficulty. Um, are you back on the normal or are you still playing it on easy? So I'm mostly doing normal and then occasionally I'll be like, no thanks. And I'll just do it on easy <laughs> yeah, so I can like this, breeze yeah. through it as quickly as possible. So I'm being very liberal with the uh, uh, difficulty settings and just doing whatever like I feel. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that sounds great. Uh, honestly, uh, I have not turned on uh hyrule warriors age of calamity yet um because as uh i mentioned previously i can't make myself stop playing hades um the game is so phenomenally good i have nothing new to say about it other than i i have not been able to replicate my i defeated hades i guess a week or two ago um and i have not been able to replicate it uh, uh again since um which i'm starting to feel bad about because i watched <laughs> I watched some uh, like speed runs of Hades um, after I uh, like completed a, a run, and nothing will make you feel bad about the way you play a video game like watching a speed runner do it. So I, I don't know why I did that, um, but I, I do I, I do intend to get over to Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity at, at, at some point. I'm just not quite there um, right now because of Hades. Yeah, the interesting thing, or the thing that I will be interested to see with a game like Hades is like uh because there is no real end to it you could be making runs forever like at what point do you decide that it's just like the enthusiasm for it just kind of like peters out not in a bad way but just when you know how like you're like watching a tv show and then one day you're just like i have no desire to keep going yep yeah no it's and it will be interesting i have a couple like uh goals i have set for myself like there are a couple uh relationships that i want to um, upgrade to their maximum and like get to their because there are a couple of them that can turn into romances wait um, i did not know and, that this was an aspect i mean i knew it was like like an aspect of the game but i didn't realize there was like like actual like romancing so there's there's romancing for three of the characters um there's uh uh, uh Megara, the um the the fury you can you can romance her uh you can romance dusa who's like a medusa head uh, and then you can romance uh, Thanatos, the god of death. Um, and I'm going after him right now because he is a... I mean, they're all... Everyone in the game is super attractive, <laughs> right? Like, everyone in that game is my type. Um, but I'm, I'm going after Thanatos because um, they've got uh, just a, a, a great bond and I love them and I love them together. Um, uh, yeah, so there's... And you can develop other relationships in there that aren't uh, romantic. Um, but I mean, come on, I'm going to stick with the, the romantic <laughs> ones for, for yeah, now that, at least. Right. Yeah. That's fun. I didn't, I didn't realize that that was like an aspect of the game. That's cool. 
Um, I have also been playing with my Game & Watch Super Mario Brothers, which we talked about briefly last week, um, that was on the, on its way here. I had ordered it from Nintendo's website, um, and uh, it, it is here, uh, and I love that little machine. Uh, it has so few like actual features and like it does so few things um it'll play super mario brothers it'll play the lost levels it'll play ball and other than that it's a clock um it has no headphone jack uh the sound on it isn't great um the uh the port for charging it uh is in a weird place like it's not in the back it's on the side so like if you want to display it like a clock you have to have like a a cord sticking out the side of it um there's no setting where you can like keep it on and just like have it function as a clock and run down the battery it'll just turn itself off after a couple minutes um so there and it it is also severely lacking in like a kickstand of any kind um so like you got to really lean it up against something otherwise it'll slide away um but those are my sole complaints with it. Uh, in every other way, it feels great in your hands. The front of it is cold because it's made out of metal. It looks like an old Famicom and like a Game Boy Advance smashed together. Um, it's got cool little extra features. Um, like you can hold down the A button in the clock mode and it uh, plays a video with a song about how to um, draw Mario. Oh, um, wow. Which... Yeah, it's just weird, weird little features. Um, and th- there's a world select feature in both of the games. Oh. Um, if, if you push B on the like start menu, um, it'll uh, change what world you start in. Uh, and you can only access worlds that you have been to organically. Um, so like, you know, in uh, Lost Levels, I can only do uh, up to world three at this point. That game is too hard. Um, but, you know, now I can start at world three, one every time. Um, and in regular Mario Brothers, I can play, uh, you know, uh, the any any of the eight worlds because I've organically gotten to them. Are, uh, w- are these like little secret things here that are hidden? Like, yes. Are you finding them organically? Or are you finding some of them online? Because I think like part of the thing is there's supposed to be like 35, like little like fun surprises in the um, game and watch. Yeah, and uh, so I I discovered the. Um, the world skip, uh, or the, 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 the world thing on, on my own. Um, there's also, if you hold the A button for five seconds as you are starting a, a game, then you start with, uh, infinite lives. Um, that's when I had to look up. Uh, and then the drawing Mario thing, I also had to look up. Um, but that's only three, right? That's only three surprise, <coughs> three surprises, um, or secrets. Uh, and I don't know if, like, the other secrets are just, like, if you are here when it changes from 11 to 12, yeah, uh, Yoshi yeah. is there or something, you know. What what counts as a surprise and what doesn't? Or secret. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I expect it to slowly reveal its other secrets to me. This thing gets me so excited for any future Game & Watches they may introduce or for a uh, Game Boy Advanced Classic Edition. Yes. Come on. I would give want that it so up. bad. Could you uh, imagine? I mean... Uh, I- the thing with like a, a Game Boy Advance Classic Edition is like you wouldn't. Uh, the other consoles have been like mini versions of them, but this just give me a Game Boy yeah. like Advance SP looking thing with a like good backlit screen and call it a day. Yeah, give me that good backlit screen. Like that's that's really and you know loaded up with all the games that are now like legendary. You know? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I I really really love that uh that little machine the the Game and Watch Super Mario Brothers. If, if they put out any future one of these for um other thirtieth anniversaries, like you know Zelda's is next year, right? Um, mm-hmm. if they do a Zelda one with Zelda one and Zelda two in it, I'm one hundred percent like I am on this train now. As long as the tracks go, I am on this train i'm there for it the box also rules so it's in a uh it's in like a gold box and there's like a plastic sleeve around it and the plastic sleeve has the super mario brothers stuff on it when you slide the sleeve off the mario brothers stuff goes off the box and it's just showing ball underneath it it's so slick um it means i have a cool thing on my shelf which is just the box that it came in but then also the game and watch itself is on a separate shelf it's just i mean look we're decorating for Christmas. We're decorating for Mario's 35th anniversary. I, I couldn't be happier over <laughs> here, Yeah, I uh, didn't really, like, for whatever reason, when they announced it, like, the Game & Watch didn't really do anything for me. But when you were sh- showing it to me over FaceTime and, like, uh, I could really see it in person, then I was like, maybe I do need one of these. I, I mean, you might. It's really, really cool. Um, and uh, I think... The part of the reason why I was so excited for it is because, of course, we predicted it uh, in <laughs> March, April. When was that? That we watched all the old E3 presentations. Uh, I, I did predict that the Nintendo would release a new Game and Watch, uh, sort of facetiously, but then it happened. <laughs> then it happened. Um, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Never doubt. Uh, so Patrick. I. <laughs> that's right. Never doubt my predictive abilities. Um, all right, Mark. Um, let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Today, November 24th, Professor Rubik's Brain Fitness is released on Switch. And interesting, I was not aware that Rubik's was like a brand, like that there's a franchise. Exactly. I don't know that it is. And as far as I can tell, I don't Mm. think that this is like supposed to be an avatar for like the Rubik person who uh the inventor of the rubik's cube i think that like i don't think it's like how um in the brain training games like dr kawashima like was supposed to be dr kawashima i don't think that's the case for professor rubric but rubik but what i am saying is that nintendo clearly you are leaving a hole in the market if there's a usur a usurper who can come in trying to take Dr. Kawashima's place. Like, Professor Rubik, I respect you, but you're clearly not a doctor because if you were, you would be including that in your title. You would be doctor, yeah, yeah, and not professor. Yeah, 100%. And and look, we know that brain fitness sounds okay, but it is no brain training. (laughs) Right? Yeah, I'm exhausted thinking about brain fitness. No, thank you. I respect it, and I'm not mad at anybody who who is trying to get their brain training fixed and so has to do for the like off-brand version because Nintendo refuses to publish an official one in the U.S. That is nobody's fault but Nintendo's. I'm calling them out. Moving mm-hmm. on to November 26th, Thursday, uh, Picross S5 is released for Switch. This is the latest release in like the Picross S series. Is that what we call That's this? Right. Um, yeah. And if you have played Picross S, Picross S2, and Picross S3, you unlock a third extra puzzle um, in Picross S5. Patrick, I know that you've had been playing 
um, the Super Mario Pit Cross on the SNES Classic Edition. Are you ready for a new Pit Cross game? And if so, is this one you're interested in? So uh, I I am ready for a new Picross game, but when I say a new Picross game, I of course mean an old Picross <laughs> game. I, the the only one of the S series that I've played is the original, um, and I maxed it out. I did all the puzzles in it, but like, why am I? Me- I guess because it's free and already on my Switch. But I was gonna say, why am I messing around with the old Super Famicom version when like these newer ones are more feature complete? They have more music. They're just a more pleasing experience. Um, so why don't I just move on to Picross S2 and then like just make my way up to five? Why don't mm-hmm. I do that? I think it's good. It's good to have goals. Oh, you know what? Something I played maybe this week, uh, and now I'm gonna forget the name of it. Um, the uh, the Picross game that is like superhero dating club, super pixel dating club. Oh, uh, it, right. The release yeah, not that we, long we ago. We talked about it. Yeah. Yes. Hey, yeah. The, the, there was a demo for it, um, and uh, I, I played it. Um, and the puzzle solving was uh, super fun in the way it like presented them to you. Um, but the uh, man, it was just it was just too chatty. Um, you know, a, a little bit along the same lines as um, Murder by Numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was really enamored with the the story and characters of Murder by Numbers in a way that uh, Pixel Hero. What's it, did, did you look it up, Mark? Pixel, I did. It's Pixel Puzzle Makeout League. Is that the one? Pixel Puzzle Makeout League. Yeah. Um, the 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 presentation of the puzzles is is really good and really smart, but the uh, yeah the the writing is just a little bit too uh, cumbersome and uh, goes on a little too long. I googled Picross Superhero Dating and uh, Google pointed me in the First right match. direction. So as long you know, like yes. Uh, Google is harvesting all of our personal information and using it in potentially nefarious ways and refuses to like uh, address any sort of, you know, abuses of on of uh, uh, on YouTube of man. Now I'm ranting. And I can't even remember what I'm ranting about. Um, what's the uh, conspiracy but you, you're theories. trying to say that it's conspiracy worth it. Conspiracy theories, yeah. but it's worth <laughs> it. It's worth it all because yeah. I was able to Google pick cross superhero dating and get the correct game. Yeah, I bet we probably could have achieved that without Google, uh, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> um, all right, uh, so those are the new releases. Mark, let's close this segment out. Now it is time for a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, this is uh, a rare two-part 433. We are now in the back half of the ranking our fall activities. Last week, we generated a list of fall activities. Um, I say we go back and forth reading them down right now. Sounds great. I will, I will go first. Raking leaves slash playing in the piles. Um, apple picking and slash enjoying apple cider. Uh, traveling somewhere to view the changing of the leaves. Uh, decorating, holi- putting up holiday decorations. A pumpkin patch or a hayride. Baking. Uh, we just wrote heater here. I'm not <laughs> sure what that is. Nope, I do not remember. Oh, I recall. I recall. Oh, setting up your it's, heater. That's right. And like getting the the first like uh, bit where it's like kind of smoky when you turn it on, smells like something's burning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that, that was one. <laughs> 
Uh, football. Fall. <laughs> fall carnival, which we put in there because Mark would not allow back to school <laughs> as, <laughs> as a fall activity. Um, and then chili cook-off. Man, it is amazing that the we came up with this list last <laughs> week, and it seems alien to me right now. <laughs> I think we allowed chili cook-off because you have in some you had in some way participated in one. Um, yeah, that's right. But at I, my church, yeah, and and we invited we invited listeners to if we had like omitted anything to send right. in those omissions, and I don't think anybody did. So we a hundred percent nailed it. There are no fall activities that do not fall on this list. Um, all right, very good. So, do you have any uh, early candidates for activities on here that you uh, really don't like that you think uh, should be towards the bottom of our fall activities list? Oh, I like so many of these fall activities, but I do think that football is going to fall low for me only because, like, as far as participating goes, that's not really a thing that I do. I also get bummed out with the fact that uh, when, like, I don't mind watching a football game, but that's not the way football works. Football <laughs> is an all-day activity where you got to watch, like, eight games or something. It's insanity. Um but I think even worse than, than football is uh, the heater, man. The heater is a real problem. <laughs> the heater is it's a bad activity. It is a bad activity. Um, I guess if you wanted to include like fireplaces in with the heater, that maybe uh, it scores Ooh. a little more points. But I do think mm-hmm. there's a difference between having to maintain a fireplace, which um, 100%. We're, you know, like, which is really what we're talking about when we're talking about heater versus like walking around and uh, other people have their fires going and it smells nice. Like two very different things. Yeah. Uh, Look, I love sitting by a fire, but that's not what we're talking about here. Yeah. We're talking about like, you know, knocking a bird's nest out of the (laughs) chimney or something, right? Blue maintenance. Yes. Yes. Ugh. Um, on that topic, then does uh, raking leaves and putting it into piles, does that also go towards the bottom? because it is like a chore activity that you have to do. Yeah, that one for whatever reason I have fonder memories of just cuz it's like the the sense memory of like the kind of like autumn cold and the smell of the leaves. But we also have chain like viewing the changing leaves in there and I do feel like that's probably yeah. the better part of the leaf equation. Uh yeah, so and and I can see them sort of being together uh like that. Um so maybe uh, we put uh, viewing the changing of the leaves above uh, raking slash uh, playing in the piles, uh, and those will go above uh, football and uh, setting up the heater. Yeah, I think that sounds good. Okay. Um, now, so for then, me, uh, the for remaining. Me pers- yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, for me personally, like chili cook off can go fairly low. Like, I would probably put that below changing leaves for me personally. Uh, okay, that that's fine. I I'm also not a big chili person, uh, especially now um, in that I don't eat meat. Um, there are good. Ah, oh, gosh, dang it! <laughs> <laughs> we ran out of time. Uh, okay, so the the bottom of how many do we have here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, coming in at number ten is setting up the heater. Number nine is football. Number eight is raking leaves slash playing in the piles. Number seven is a chili cook off. Uh, number six is viewing the changing of the leaves. Uh, and then in a 
Um, five-way tie for first place <laughs> is Fall Carnival, Baking, Pumpkin Patch slash Hayride, Holiday Decorating, and Apple Picking slash Apple Cider. I can't believe Fall Carnival made it in the top five, but there you go. <laughs> it's, it's the way 433 works. We were accompanied today by pianist Kyle Shaw. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. Last week, uh, The Big House, a competitive Super Smash Brothers group, announced Nintendo had issued a cease and desist order, effectively canceling their upcoming upcoming Super Smash Brothers Melee tournament. So, Big House's statement yeah, reads... So, yeah. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna the the uh the the big thing here is that this is a an online tournament that um this uh this group the big house was hosting um and part of what you need to do to make an online uh Super Smash Brothers melee tournament work is use a a, a mod of the game um called Slippy S L I P P I which is of course a like pirated slash hacked version of the game um and so uh, Nintendo reached out to them and was like hey you can't do an event uh like a publicized event that you know you can't do you can't do an event with a pirated version of our game uh and they were like but we'd like to and nintendo was like okay well we'll see you in court and they were like okay i guess we won't um and uh you know it's it's one of those very the story is a very like oh yeah reasonably it makes sense that uh, a company like nintendo would do this um but also is like you know the the big house is i'm this is not like a a for-profit organization uh you know um like selling copies of this thing uh but they're just trying to organize uh an event for smash players to uh participate in together um so you know it's it's a it's a hard feelings on on both sides uh kind of thing um although i think probably more hard feelings on uh the big house side um i've seen a lot in the last couple days of uh people being mad at nintendo um for uh you know protecting their um ip in this way um, but it's something that I totally get, and it's sort of one of those like, yeah, this is kind of what you should expect from Nintendo. Yeah, totally. It's it's a complete like it's a crappy situation. Um, it's one of those things where like if they were doing it in person, it probably wouldn't have mattered because they didn't have to use this like ad hoc right. online solution. Um, and so yeah, like yeah, I I, I don't. There's not really. I, I will say, like, of all the, like, cease and desist that Nintendo sometimes sends out, like, when people do the completed, it just always sucks, even when, like, like you were saying, like, logically, it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess Nintendo, like, has the right to do it. Like, when they're, like, shutting down, like, fan games and stuff like that, like, uh, it, I don't know, it's always just, like, a little bit messy. Yeah, and they, they, there's, not a, there's not a straight line here. But um uh in in Nintendo's uh statement um you know a- after like the the dust up um there's a little bit here where they say uh we have partnered with numerous S- Super Smash Brothers tournaments in the past and have hosted our own online and offline tournaments for the game and we plan to continue that support in the future um and then say unfortunately the the upcoming Big House tournament announced plans to host an online event towards Super Smash Brothers Melee that requires the illegally copied versions of the game in conjunction with a mod called Slippy during their online event um which you know that like that gets to the to the one end of it but i do think that there is there i do think that nintendo is smart to uh be a little bit aggressive in trying to stop um smash brothers tournaments uh and smash brothers organizations 
from proceeding without their involvement at all, especially uh, with what we've seen uh, through like Evo in the last year and uh, particularly in the Smash Brothers scene where, um, you know, it has not been a particularly safe space for players um, that have been subjected to, you know, either like sexual advances or, uh, you know, just uh, other in inappropriate things um, that if uh, Nintendo is like officially involved in something that they can have a more hands-on role in trying to administer those things. But if, like, you know, Nintendo cannot, like, participate in a version of uh, a tournament that uses an illegally pirated version of their own game. Um, so I could, like, it makes perfect sense to be like, okay, we're just shutting this whole thing down because we can't control it. Uh, and there is a history of these uncontrolled environments uh, breeding a negative experience for young players. So I, I, I understand that this is not exactly what this is. Um, but it's not not related and it's not not relevant. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't really considered like everything that was going on with the like Smash Brothers competitive community in the past year. That's a good point. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think that's something that all of the uh, companies that make fighting games uh, like decided to become more plugged into after the summer and you know Evo shutting down. Um, you know, sort of because then their their brands get tied up in you know this really ugly thing that they had no control over. But the only reason they had no control over it is because they chose to have no control over it, right? Um, right. Nintendo says that they have uh, worked with other partners in the past. They put on their own tournaments. Um, and when they do that, then they can have control over it. And anything that happens there is, you know, partially they're bad. Um, but if they're not involved at all, then they, you know, it, it, it just whatever happens there happens there. They have no control. So I, I think that probably has something to do with it. Um, even if uh, they're all sort of stuck on the like the use of the mod Slippy as like the official excuse. Mm -hmm. On Monday, Nintendo and Square Enix announced a new "The World Ends with You" game called Neo: The World Ends with You. Um, this was so Square Enix. Yeah, come on. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, a few days before a like countdown site had popped up on the internet for something the world ends with you related and i kind of like brushed it off like we've had a number of these pop up recently now i guess it makes sense right there where they were uh there was the anime that was announced that's like going to be uh just recapping the story of the original the world ends with you game and it's and now it all kind of like makes sense that they are been reintroducing the um story and like the ip to the world in the lead up to this game that'll be coming out next year um, for the Switch and the PlayStation 4. It looks to be like a fully 3D game with a lot of the same like style, setting, and characters from the original 2007 game that was originally released on the Nintendo DS. Um, I saw online today that Persona 5 was trending for a little bit with a lot of people saying like, hey, I know <laughs> this game has a lot of similarities. To Persona Five for uh, people it who does. like, yeah, and it's, it 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 does it does. I know a lot of that is like the style of the original DS game, but it is funny to have mm -hmm. that like for most people the the reference for the game that this is gonna look like is like a Persona game. Yeah, I mean it's they they both like have a you know uh, elevated sense of style, and they take place in Shibuya. Um, in uh, Tokyo, and are uh, you know, feature young protagonists and like a, a slightly magical version of the world. Like that's the same between those two games. 
Um, so yeah, naturally they're they're gonna look pretty similar. Um, but yeah, I I do think it's funny that like Square Enix is now like in the same uh, like occupying a little bit that same space um, as as Atlas. Mark, what do you make of the fact that uh, it is coming to Switch and PS4 and not PlayStation Five? Yeah, Does that seem weird to you. But I I it makes sense to me because um like the PlayStation Four in Japan was never an enormous hit and the switch has been like a gigantic hit in Japan. Yeah. And so they, uh, Square Enix kind of gets to have their cake and eat it too, because you make switch like the target platform, but the PlayStation five is backwards compatible, which like the PlayStation four wasn't backwards compatible with the PlayStation three. So now you can continue to release these PlayStation four games, like, you know, six months after the PlayStation five is released and there's zero there's really no barrier to entry for the people who are would want to play it on a PlayStation 5. I wonder if that's going to be like a, a trend going forward or sort of like a viable way to uh sort of milk extra sales out of uh Switch games is make them available on on PlayStation 4 or even on Xbox 1, which is, you know, the the uh the Series X is fully backwards compatible as well. Um so yeah, to just like aim for the switch and then like throw it on the other systems um without having to make them like next gen titles. Yeah, no, I think definitely true, especially for like smaller titles like this where you're like, you know, uh The World Ends With You has a for sure cult following, but it was never a huge success. And so it, right. it, yeah, it just seems like a great way to like hedge your bets a little bit. And so um, that is coming sometime next year. We don't know for sure. Uh, seems to be summer 2021, uh, but I'm sure we'll learn more in the next few months. Uh, is, is this a, a game that you would be interested in picking up? or uh, we're, we're che I'm checking your temperature on the new World Ends With You game. I feel like I've got to play the first one, right? I, I mean, do you? You could just watch the anime. <laughs> yeah, no, I guess that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. It's a series that's always intrigued me. Um, even though I have not played it in any of its car incarnations. So definitely keeping an eye on it. I guess we'll like see you uh, as we learn more about it. Yeah, I, I got to say that um, from, you know, I, I played the original on the, the DS and, and uh, liked it. Um, but, you know, I, I know that all of the, uh, the ports either like to mobile or, or to Switch um, aren't, uh, don't like as faithfully recreate the DS experience. Um, again, Nintendo locking all these uh, dual screen experiences on generations that we are just blowing past now. Um, but uh, there's something about the way this game looks that doesn't feel quite as, um, not quite as cohesive as the mm. original. Um, you know, like the the sort of jump into a fully 3D environment uh, makes it look a little cheap to me. Um, there's always time for it not to be, uh, not to actually be that. Uh, but right now, I'm I'm keeping my excitement level for it, uh, like nice and you know, like right on the surface. Um, if if I see something really cool, then maybe I'll dive a little deeper. But right now, I'm I'm staying in the shallow end here. Mm, yeah, I think that makes sense. Last week, Nintendo detailed the next update coming to Animal Crossing: New Horizons, including the next two big holidays: um, Turkey Day, which is the Animal Crossing equivalent of Thanksgiving, and Toy Day the Animal Crossing equivalent of Christmas. They released this trailer on the 17th of November, and a lot of it went to into effect just two days later on the 19th. 
um, included in the. Let's talk about that first. Yeah. Let, let's talk about the the that that release strategy because I find this really interesting. Um, previous updates we've uh, known about for a couple weeks before they go into effect. Um, and I wonder if uh, you know, there there was a period where they were like, yeah, it's it's good to uh, you know, tease this stuff ahead of time and like get people excited about coming back to Animal Crossing. And I wonder if now they're just like, you know, the people who are still playing, who are still engaged, uh, they'll find out when they find out and they'll be happy whenever whenever it happens. I also wonder if some of it is just purely about like the timing, because you had like the fall update with uh, the Halloween stuff. Sure. And then like there really wasn't that much time. Right. It was just a couple of weeks for like the, yeah, the fall true. update to end. And then like it to transition to the holiday one. Whereas I feel like with the other ones, which have been much more like season based, that there were like weeks would go by and then they would reveal the new piece. Yeah, that that makes perfect sense too. Uh, included in the update are nine new reactions, including sitting, yoga, exercising, um, basically like a lot of the things that your neighbors like already do, but you didn't have access to, you're, you will now be able to do as well. Uh, this is super exciting. You can smell flowers now. You know how like you would see your neighbors walking around and they would stop at flowers and smell them. You can smell whatever you want now. Um, also the uh the little like icon for um sitting doing the reaction sitting is adorable. <laughs> um, and it is so the the other day uh you know Roscoe the horse was sitting by the river and Zell the gazelle was singing a little song next to him. And I just ran up there and plopped myself down and sat next to Roscoe. It was great. I loved it. These new reactions are great. <laughs> There's also some new hip hairstyles, including some black hairstyles that have been noticeably, notably absent from the game up to this point. There's Yeah, cool, cool to see those hairstyles in there. Um, increased home storage up to 2,400 slots. In order to access the new storage, you have to pay off your fully upgraded home first. Yeah. Yep. And then finally, save file transfers are fully available with this update, which is a feature that, of course, has been a long time on people's wish list. And Nintendo, you know, started doing a little bit of it with the cloud saves, but, like, this is really the step that everybody was looking for. Yeah, but before they were doing a thing where you could like back up your island and they could um, retrieve it if uh, if it was like if your switch was lost or stolen or something or broken. Um, but otherwise, uh, you know, you were sort of uh, you, you, there, there was no like elective transfers. It had to be like a necessary thing. Yeah. Um, with Monster Hunter Stories 2 coming to Switch next year, there was some speculation that the original from the Nintendo 3DS might be making its way to the platform as well. However, Capcom's... However! <laughs> Capcom's uh, Ryozo Sujimoto put that rumor to bed very quickly in an interview with Game Reactor. He said, quote, there are no plans at the moment to bring the original Monster Hunter stories to the Nintendo Switch, but if anyone is worried that they need to catch up on the story because it's directly related or that they won't understand to enjoy the new game, I can put that fear to rest because there's a brand new protagonist and a new storyline. Um, again, I don't know if this is uh, a, a exactly this, but Nintendo locking a bunch of games on old dual screen hardware. Um, 
I, I think it's fine. I, I think they're they're just moving past Monster Hunter stories to Monster Hunter stories too, uh, and and that's it. No looking back, only looking forward. Uh, old <laughs> games are uh, a thing of the past. We're only playing new games now. With the release of Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity, Zelda producer Eiji Aonuma and Age of Calamity producer Yosuke Hayashi spoke with IGN about the future of the Hyrule Warriors series and Zelda spinoffs in general. On the topic of making more Hyrule Warriors, Aonuma said, quote, I do think circumstances could align like this again, but I don't think we're expecting this to become a series. We'd make that decision based on its creative merits, just like we did this time. End quote. How many entries does it need before it becomes a series? Because I feel like two is enough. Two, two is, is pretty close. But I think, uh, yeah, it, it, it is interesting, right? Because uh, uh, it seems like you're already in series territory. Um, but I, do, I can see where, like, uh, the original Hyrule Warriors is, like, a multiple Zelda game pastiche, like, taking from all, all different games in, in the franchise and pulling in characters um, from all over the place. And then uh, Age of Calamity being a um, Breath of the Wild specific one, I can see them being like, "All right, but this is it. Like this is we're, this is yeah. not. We're not going to be running Hyrule Warriors forever." Totally. And uh, you know, Hayashi says something very similar, saying, "Quote: I think it depends on whether we get an idea that'll make all the fans happy." Uh, so that seems like an impossible task in the first place. I, well, well, yes, absolutely. I, I do think it's funny that Aonuma's uh, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll get to a place like that again. But like, uh, you know, we're not, it's it's not a foregone conclusion. We're not making it a series. And Hayashi's like, yeah, I don't know if we come up with something. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, we'll make another one. Huh. Uh, speaking on the topic of other Zelda spinoffs, Aonuma did say, quote, we're always looking for valuable creative projects. But those only come about when several co- different conditions align. So I think it's hard for us to have a conscious control over the frequency. Um, again, uh, Aonuma having a little bit more of a guarded, like, we'll give you more Zelda when we give you more Zelda. Right. Um, which I think is smart. Like, I, I, th- I think they're smart to be protect- protective of that brand. Yeah. And it's interesting. Like, I wonder, and then maybe there was, like, an interview on it or something that I missed. But I would just be curious to know, like, how the cadence of Hyrule like one came yeah. to be and if that was something that like Nintendo of America facilitated if it was something that they worked with like Japan on um yeah but it it is interesting to see like uh you wouldn't necessarily think that like a Muso game and a um like rhythm game would be the most prominent like Zelda spin-offs of the past few years right uh, well i i mean but i mean re- remember that uh Zelda spin-offs can be anything uh, up to and including crossbow training. Yeah. So the, one of the best-selling Zelda games. <laughs> which, uh, a point we love to reiterate anytime mm-hmm. crossbow training comes up. Finally, back in July, a copy of Super Mario Brothers sold for a record-setting $114,000 via heritage auctions. But that record was broken this week by a sealed copy of Super Mario Brothers 3 selling for $156,000. So I'm enjoying my new copy of Super Mario Brothers 3. <laughs> what if, what if I revealed that right here and now that I bought it? That would be amazing. Oh, that would be so cool. And yeah, uh, not the I, case. I didn't. 
no, someone with way more money than me uh, bought, <laughs> bought this thing. Um, it, it, it's cool. Uh, the um, Heritage Auctions goes into a little bit of uh, why it was um, such a, a rare and like expensive um, copy of this game. Um, you know, obviously it is uh, unopened, um, but it is rare packaging where the word bros in Super Mario Bros. 3 um, is in front of Mario's glove. Um, in the normal graphic for the game, uh, bros like kind of disappears behind Mario's like white glove. Um, but in the early printings, uh, bros was in front. Um, and so that's what this is. And evidently those are hard, very hard to come by now in any condition, let alone, uh, closed and in box and, and looking good. I wonder how they ascertain like that it is like, uh, an unopened copy. Like, do they have yeah. like a, like a packaging? They must have like an expert who like gets out there, like jewelers, eyeglass, and is like really examining the seams and stuff. Yeah, because, like, it's not hard to shrink wrap something. <laughs> like, you just <laughs> right, need a shrinking right. plastic and, like, a, a hair dryer. Like, it's, it's, it's not hard to do. <laughs> um, yeah, Mark, what is, what is the most you would ever pay for a copy of Super Mario Brothers 3? <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, let's say that there's a scenario that, like, it is uh, not available in any other form, but somebody has, like, yeah. a cartridge. And I have an NES. A hundred bucks. I'll say a hundred bucks. I would play. I would pay a hundred dollars. Yeah. If that was the only way to to play if, it. If that was the only way to play it, I I would do that. Yes. So this copy sold for one thousand five hundred sixty <laughs> times what you would be willing to pay for it. Yeah, and I'm intending to play it. This person clearly <laughs> is not. Yeah, but just actually, keep it in that box. But I mean, that like my answer is like true to the fact like to the point that if nintendo was like we're revoking all copies of super mario brothers 3 but like you can pay us a hundred dollars and we'll let you rent it online there i'm sure there are times in my life where i would pay a hundred dollars for it where i'd be like man i really got to play super mario brothers 3 let me now pay a hundred dollars for that privilege yeah i mean and also if they were to put out a uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 Game & Watch, which was exactly like the Game & Watch I currently have, except it had Super Mario Brothers 3 on it. Yeah, I'd pay 100 bucks. <laughs> I'd pay 100 bucks for that. Let's right now. Yeah. In yeah. the current world. <laughs> Oof, let's not give him ideas. Patrick, uh No, cuz 50 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you should share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share stuff. It helps us out when you do. Uh, on Twitter, you can follow us. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nin Cart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8-Bit Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. From my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying I would pay $156,000 for a copy of Donkey Kong 3 in my garage. 100%. Thank you for listening.
Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer... Riley Bray. We make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right. Every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. Like the time when we talked to Craig Ferguson about the Loch Ness Monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic. Or the time I asked Pitch Perfect's Anna Camp her opinion on cattle mutilations. Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldthwait, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with grills for hands, or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, happens all the time, then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot Bigfoot Collectors Collectors Club, Club. you're here to believe believe us. Wait, is that how it goes? Campfire.